Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Good morning. This is Dig a Bit number three for month five of our study of the crown and we are going to be in first samuel 17 this morning we're talking about david and goliath again lots and lots of great lessons that come from that chapter i hope that you're enjoying the study of conquering this month and we are going to be looking at one of the questions that really requires some i guess introspective thought who was david's greatest discourager in first samuel 17 and how is that how is it that the complacent and or mocking member of the body is far more harmful or more hurtful even personally to us than the mocking outsider i want us to look at verse 28 of first samuel 17 it describes there a statement that that's made by Eliab the brother of David as David has been sent down for Samuel chapter 17 verse verses 17 and 18 he's been sent down by his father to the campsite where the children of Israel are facing that formidable foe of the Philistines Goliath and David goes there to carry bread and cheeses and corn to his brothers and to the captain of the Israelite army. And so his job, this is interesting how that his job was just a delivery boy. And then he ends up being a mighty conqueror. I want us just to take that to heart for a second and understand that sometimes we underestimate our usefulness in the kingdom of God. Here was the kingdom of Israel, and this shepherd boy, who was a delivery boy at this time, became the one who failed the great giant Goliath. I really think that we should, as Christian women, realize that God can use us in ways that we can't imagine at the get-go, but God can, in the process of time, turn our even our weaknesses into great deliverances for various people in our sphere of influence and i'd like us not to forget that and so as david has gone down to check on his brothers he understands then when he gets there that this giant of a man is crying out in mockery to his brothers and the children of israel and the people are afraid to answer him and eliab the oldest brother verse 28 of david heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. Now David is saying, what is going to be done to the man that kills this Philistine and who takes the reproach away from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? David is out there saying, look, we have God on our side. Where is our faith? And Eliab, his brother, mocking him, said, why did you come down here? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? In other words, who is doing your, he says with sarcasm, who is doing your useful job of looking after those few sheep that you look out after in the wilderness? And then Eliab says, I know your pride. And I know the naughtiness of your heart. For you just came down to watch the battle. And then David answered, What have I now done 
Is there not a cause? David already has it in his heart that he, if nobody else is, is going to go in the name of the living God and destroy the giant Goliath. He has faith. But it is his brother, the one who should be supporting him, the one who should be encouraging him, the one who should be on his side. It's his brother that's, that is his worst enemy at this point, who mocks him to the greatest degree, who really wants to grind David's faith into the ground, who wants to discourage him, and who wants to falsely accuse him. You just came down here to see the battle. It's his own brother who does so much harm at this point, tries to do so much harm to the to the mental state of David at this time when great faith is needed. So I thought about this and the question asked, how is it that complacent or mocking members of the body can be more harmful than those who are outside the body? And I want us to think about the body of Christ rather than our physical families for just a minute. And I'm going to quickly give you a couple of three or four things that I've thought of that make it harder when members of the church are those who are mocking us for taking a stand of faithfulness and righteousness. First of all, I think that it hurts us because we realize that, that our influence to outsiders is often mitigated or even negated by those who are mocking us who are inside the body. 2 Timothy 2.12 says we are to be an example to the unbelievers. We are supposed to be able, an example of what believers look like. That word means a model. It actually can even mean a shape. When outsiders look into the body of Christ, they're supposed to see us as um, shaped in the form of Christ. And they are supposed to just, that comes to their mind when they look at us. Wow, they're wearing the shape of a Christian. They are shaped in the image of Christ. That's what outsiders are supposed to see when they look inside the body of Christ. I remember one day when I was in middle school walking home from high school, walking home from the bus, I invited a, a girl to go to an event at the local congregation. I think I've told you about this before, but her answer was, doesn't Jennifer go to that church? And I said, yes, she does. She identified her by last name too. And I said, yes, she does attend a church where I attend. And she said, you know what? I, I don't even want to be around her. I cannot believe that she claims to be a Christian anywhere. Well, that was very hurtful. That was very, um, that was a great impediment to the learning of the gospel even. That was an impediment to the word of God. It was blasphemy really to live a life um, that suggests that I am a follower of Christ and yet out there in the world I'm doing a lot of harm by a vile um, disposition, by the use of curse words, by my bad attitude in class, all of those things, all of those things made whatever influence I was trying to have, it negated that influence. This girl wasn't interested in coming with me to a devotional where this vile person was going to be. Be thou an example of the believers. 
that hurt me a lot because I'm, you know, 64 years old right now and I'm still remembering how hurtful that was to understand that I wasn't going to be able to influence this girl in any way because of the taste that she had in her mouth. Now, was that right on her part? Obviously not. But seekers of truth can have their desire to learn truth completely mitigate, completely negated by those who claim to be followers of Christ and are hypocritical in that. Eliab claimed to be a faithful warrior, but he was, in fact, not only a, um, a, a man without courage, a man without faith, but he was also a man who was willing to negate the courageous example of his brother David, even in his own family. Next, sometimes body members become jealous if they are living in sin, and this becomes a strifeful situation in our congregations. I've seen that many times in the body of Christ, where someone really doesn't intend to do right. They intend to identify as a member of the body of Christ, but they have made up their minds already that they're not going to be sacrificial in service. They're not going to be faithful in demeanor. They're not going to be pious in their worship, in their devotion to God. And when that happens, sometimes when good outcomes occur for those who are living righteously, then those who are living unrighteously become jealous, begin to make false, false accusations about those who are righteous. Isn't that what happened on the battlefield here? Eliab was absolutely um, base at this time. He did not plan to go and do the work of the Lord. He did not have faith in the outcome. If he went to fight the giant, he did not have uh, the courage that God's word um, being inside of him would have given him. He was on the outskirts looking in, but terrified of the enemy of Christ. Well, sometimes there are people like that in the church. And when he, when he looked at someone who was willing to take a stand for God, who was willing to go and take risks, who was willing to say, I'm going to go in the name of the Lord. I don't even need the armor of the king. I'm going to go in the name of the Lord and the Lord will win this battle for me. There was someone who was willing to stand for righteousness. And so this brother who was courageless, who was faithless, who was um, antagonistic toward the cause really at this time, began to make false accusations against David. And in the verse that we read, he said, you are uh, neglecting your responsibility at home with your sheep. You are prideful. You just want to come down here and see the battle. You want to be a part of this when you're supposed to be the little shepherd boy at home. And you have a, a, a wickedness in your heart. For you just, and, and he accused him of even false motives. He became jealous. Hatred, the Proverbs writer said in 10 verse 12, hatred stirs up strife. But love covers all sin. If they, if Eliab had loved David as he should, he would have been anxious to, to let David shine as God's example. 
And sometimes when we're living in sin, we become we become hateful. We become um, people who are willing to put our own interest above the interest of others, even if those others are trying to please God. And we begin to make false accusation. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sin. Sometimes it hurts more in the body just because we love people in the body more. By this, people know that we are disciples of Christ. If we have love one to another, we are a family in Christ. I've been in the West Huntsville congregation now for 20 plus years. I love that family. I love those people. Not all of them have been there that long. Some of them have been there longer, but I love all of that family. And when we love people more, then it hurts more if they have um, malice toward us. Obviously, that's true. I don't care what some stranger thinks about what I'm doing, but I care about what my physical family, what my sisters in the flesh think. And I care even more what the family of God uh, thinks about me. I care. And that's a, a right thing. I should not care more about what any man thinks about me than I care about what God thinks about me. But when I love people, it hurts me more when they become critical and malicious and finding fault against me. And I think it it is more harmful when the criticism, when the mocking comes from a member of the body because I'm, I know that that mocking against me hurts Christ. Matthew 25 teaches us that the way we treat other people in the body is reflective of the way we feel about Christ. And in Hebrews 6, 6, we read the statement that if we once knew, if we are part of the family of God and we reject it, then there, there's not going to be another Calvary. There's not going to be another sacrifice for our sins, even though we can be forgiven if we turn penitently and humbly to the blood. But it says there in that passage that, that we can crucify afresh the Son of God. So if we hurt his body, his spiritual body on the earth today, his kingdom, if we hurt people in that kingdom, we hurt him. And if, if we reject, if we decide that we are going to discard the faith, then we can actually crucify our Savior again. And then finally, this one's obvious, but I think it, it's more hurtful when a member of the body is the mocker of righteousness. I think it hurts more just because it's shocking, just because it's a surprise to us. We expect more from people who have been convicted by sin, confessed their sins, confessed Jesus as Lord, been baptized to wash away their, their sins. We expect more from those people. And so it hurts more, shocks more when those people do that, which is wrong. I'm thinking about how that recently I heard about someone in the body of Christ who actually threw a party for someone who was coming out as a homosexual person. This is in another state far from where I live, but this person actually threw a party for that person who was coming out as a homosexual. And God calls, of course, homosexuality in Romans 1 and other places, vile affection. 
We can't throw parties as they did in 1 Corinthians 5. They gloried in the sin of fornication. And God was, Jesus was completely hurt by that. When we hurt the body, when we glory in sin, um, the, the uh, reaction to that, according to 1 Corinthians 5, should be for us to purge the body of that sin. We're purging, cleaning, keeping holy the bride of Christ or the body of Christ. It's just shocking when we glory in sin. And in fact, it's stated succinctly in 1 Corinthians 5 where this man was sleeping with his father's wife and the church was glorying in that according to the, the passage. It says there that this is sin. Some sins are just more shocking. And this sin in the body was shocking. He said this is sin that even the Gentiles don't dare to talk about. It's shocking when in the body we can mock righteousness and celebrate sin. And that's parallel to what Eliab was doing in 1 Samuel 17. So real quickly recap. Our influence to outsiders is often negated when the mockery is occurring in the body. Sometimes body members become jealous and cause strife. Some t it is um, harder when the mocker is inside the body because we love him more. He is part of the family. It's hurtful when the mocking occurs inside the body because we know that our Savior is hurting as well. And the last one is just the shock factor. It's harder because it's more shocking to us. Sometimes I think about um, young people who are headed to Christian universities and they have it in their minds that things there are going to be sort of a Christian utopia where everybody's really striving to do that which is right. And when they find that is not true, they are very shocked and sometimes even faith shaken as a result of that. It's hard when it's in the body. It's hard when we've... You know, we expect the world to be the world, but it is shocking when those people within the body act like those people who are in the world. That's what Eliab was doing. He was fearful, not faithful. He lacked courage rather than being bold in God. And we are expectant of those people who have been convicted and saved to look at the cross and say, I am so grateful for what he has done for me. I'm willing to do anything for this short lifetime so that I can have heaven. And when that doesn't occur, it is sad and shocking and harmful for the cause of the gospel in the world. I hope that you have a great day. hope this has been helpful in some way. I'm looking forward to the podcast with you.